Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 85 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I am here with Matt. Yeah, this is... uh... Last week, we had all the news. This week, we've got none of the news. None of it. So, very exciting. Yes. Um... I guess we'll just start out by saying the rumor is the next Call of Duty will be Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Yeah, which the, I don't, I don't know, man. I I don't have anything to add to that. Like we're just scraping the bottom of the barrel this week. <laughs> no, I know. I my thing was going to be like why why like I don't know. Black Ops is such a weird thing where it's been in the past and the future now. Right. That now they're like going back to the past. And I I mean, to answer your question, why? I assume because it works so well for Modern Warfare. Uh, Well, Modern Warfare is like a reboot of the thing, though. Whereas like, is that what this is supposed to be? Or is this more like the World War Two? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. No, I just think that this is just a Black Ops game that will take place during the Cold War, and they'll yell at him about the numbers again or whatever the fuck the plot was the first time. Yeah, uh, I don't. I, who knows? I, I've played a couple of the Black Ops games. They're okay, I guess. I, uh, yeah. I just want to see something here—a leaked image. So what are you looking for? If there was any information, I just found a Photoshop. No, uh, like all I saw was like the rumor and it was basically that was all it was. There was not a lot to go on. So what I wonder is if they're going to stop supporting modern warfare or if it did so well that they are just going to keep updating that and doing events and that as well are you saying modern warfare or are you talking about warzone i'm modern warfare okay because the multiplayer is still redonkulously popular so i i wonder if they're going to keep doing events and stuff in that i mean warzone is like slightly separate so I it is slightly separate but i but like black ops the previous one also has a battle royale mode yeah. So I think people are kind of wondering about that too. Like, what's going to happen with Warzone? If are they just going to keep supporting that, Do, or will they throw like Black Ops stuff into the Warzone? It, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, Kingdom Hearts Dark Road it has been delayed, which I think that's hilarious are because you, that wasn't even a thing. Like, are you devastated? I am. Will you so ever the, recover? This I don't even think had a release date to be delayed from, mm-hmm. but all of the things said that it was delayed. Yes. So like it it was revealed in January and they said it was coming out in the spring, quote unquote, and it's like a phone game. Yes. And then all of these things are like, oh, it's delayed. And it was like, <laughs> from what? There was no gameplay. They had no date. Like, what the? what are you talking about? It's delayed. It didn't even exist as far as I'm concerned. Because, yeah, I like... I saw all the articles being like, it was Mm -hmm. delayed. And I was like, did I miss something? (laughs) Like, was this actually coming out? Like, was there a release date? And there wasn't like, I look, I looked into it and I still, there's barely any information about what the game is in the first place. So square is also is really scraping the bottom of the barrel to keep the kingdom hearts name in the news. I guess I don't Uh, like, yeah, 
which they picked the right week to do it because a lot of the outlets at least talked about it because there's nothing else to talk about. Yeah, and they they like apologized on their official Twitter <laughs> saying like we're sorry we were trying to find some way for a spring release but like we just can't do it. Look forward to a June announcement and the screenshot they gave is like just water with like a scene from Kingdom Hearts 3 in the background. It like doesn't make I don't know. It's baffling to me. So they specifically said like be come back like in June. Yeah, there there's going to be some uh I wonder if that means they're going to have like uh, like a press conference. I, I I don't know. I mean I mean obviously it won't just be Kingdom Hearts this, but it like It could it could be this dumb mobile game that no one knows anything about. They'll I would just hope drop they a trailer have... and be like, "Here you go, everyone." I would hope they'd have more. I would hope that as well, because unless this mobile game is something really fucking special, I don't know that it matters at all. So, yes, that's baffling. Now, this next set of news is my favorite. So I didn't see this. Okay. Um, I got to just kind of preface something. So, like, okay, so Devolver deleted a tweet. Yes. That's what. I, yeah. On the Epic Game Store, they were giving out grand theft auto 5 for free right yeah so devolver tweeted out pre-order obsidian because it's a new game on the epic game store if you pre-order on the epic game store you get gta 5 for free yeah and then everybody in the comments was like you can't do this (laughs) this is false advertisement So the devolver that turned around and deleted the tweet and nobody I, I I've tried to find it. I can't find it again. No other out. No, like outlets picked it up. It's just like this weird thing that like, I guess they're going to pretend didn't happen. That's really weird. Yes. I mean, like it is very much a devolver thing to do. Yeah. But like, I think that's one step too far for devolver. And I think they realize that. And so like we found the limit for devolver, Manny nice so uh, that yeah (laughs) i don't know why they would think that's okay to do (laughs) no i also i feel i would hope even though we know this isn't true that people would be smart enough to realize that it was just free anyways which a lot of people were commenting it like you can't do this like yeah thing so like yeah (laughs) but i just thought that was really funny and we didn't have anything else to talk about so i was like all right devolver you did something really stupid that I'm a big fan of. Yeah, that's pretty good. And now, now tell me about this wholesome direct. I don't even know what that is. So I put this on here because no one was going to know that it was even happening. Uh, there is a Twitter account called Wholesome Games, and they basically just like showcase wholesome games, which is essentially just games that don't necessarily focus on violence or whatever. Okay. And usually are like puzzle games or like uh harvest moon-esque games or just like fun colorful things and on tuesday they are going to have a nintendo direct style video that showcases 50 upcoming indie games and uh there have been like a bunch of games that i follow were shown in their weird little teaser trailer like ooblets and a couple other things um it seems like I, I, there is going to be it doesn't seem like a new ooblets trailer at it oh nice so 
I don't know if they're going to announce the release date because they still say that they're probably going to release that this year. So I wonder if they're going to um, say something about it there. But it's it's cool. I, I don't know. It's just cool to see like something like that where it's like, oh, we're showcasing 50 indie games that are most are probably not on most people's radars. Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to follow more indie games and try more indie games. So that'll definitely yeah. be something I'd... I'll, definitely check into because i mean when they're showing you said 50 games yeah i mean there's bound to be at least five that interests yeah that's and the so the thing that i i don't look at their twitter account very often recently because the thing that i have noticed is that like now is the time that a lot of indie developers were like oh shit stardew valley did really well as indie harvest moon and so now they're like Nine hundred thousand games that are just Harvest Moon, but like instead you play as a cat. Oh yeah, which is like that's fine and that's for someone, but it's I personally am looking for something that is like a slightly more unique experience. Like Spiritfarer will be there as well, so like stuff like that, right? Something where it's like a little bit more unique. But I, yeah, out of like fifty things, I'm sure there will be at least a couple things that I am interested in. So I'm. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, we get a date on uh, Ooblets. Yeah, so it's cool. Yeah, let's. Um. Oh, and so a couple. I had one other one, and that's that the PC version of PSO two comes out the twenty seventh. Oh, nice. Um, and despite the fact that the online manual thing talked about Steam, it seems like it's only coming to the Windows Store at first. Um. Oh, that's interesting because they've been pretty much releasing everything on Steam. So, yeah, I assume that it was Microsoft signed some deal with Sega because they were doing part of the translation that it would be like it's probably like a timed exclusive or something. Well, no, I'm Um, saying like all Microsoft has released been releasing all their games on Steam. Like they no, the, yeah, that's true. But I think that they you think this was before they've started doing that type of thing? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, and I guess it was confirmed that it is uh cross play cross progress, which makes sense because all 800 versions of it in Japan are that way. Right. So like the Vita PS4 PC, I did all the other hundred things it's on switch, something else. Uh, so yeah, you can play across Xbox one and PC and it came out like roughly a month ago on Xbox one. So there will be a lot of English players who are already pretty far ahead, but comes out wednesday which is a weird date (laughs) will you consider this a new new game or because you've already played a bunch of it uh i i had already played a bunch of it and i i did look it up because i was like oh this game's almost a decade old and it will be eight years old in july right so it's i it's one of those things where i i also have been wondering how they're going to roll out content for it because like I think it's next week the new expansion thing comes out in japan they're like that stuff can't be in the u.s version at least i assume so because the way the story works like if i log into the japanese version now i can't even play the original story 
missions like it's just like it updates over time right so i i don't know how like they're they can't possibly just be like okay for the next eight years <laughs> following what the original release schedule was so i'm curious to see what that's like because i haven't logged in myself maybe it's all just in there right off the bat or something but that's weird yeah that is kind of weird because it is like a free it's a free to play game so i mean it's uh, yeah the only like microtransaction stuff is like for some quality of life things like you can if you pay per month you get additional storage and access to selling stuff on the market board or whatever but it's not anything that's super necessary unless you're going super ridiculous hardcore right hmm yeah i can't really think of um anything else i know that uh did you see the trailer for saints row the thirds remaster i did yeah it looks a lot better it does (laughs) which is crazy i watched the part of the devolver video and the guy said he thinks this might actually be the most improved quote-unquote remaster he's ever seen yeah i did i i did see the the breakdown from digital foundry and they were very impressed um yeah I've unfortunately i've already played that game this year so i don't really have a reason to go back to it now and then I guess the only other thing that happened was they re-released Mafia 2 and 3. Yes, and it's uh, like the two, definitive editions. 2's having issues, I guess. It seems Oh, really? Yes, from what I've seen it's it's got like frame rate issues and technical issues. Oh, it still has the porn collectibles in it. That's all I've seen. So that's fun for everyone. Right, sure um and mafia one is like being fully redone yes and that's gonna more be or less yeah. later this summer yeah which that also looks like a pretty hefty like i don't even know that that one's technically a remaster i think they're like redoing a lot of it from scratch it seems like so yeah i think that's just a full-on remake yeah so that's cool for people who were into those i never i don't know i never got into mafia i played which... two Mm-hmm. it was all right yeah and i i remember people liking uh one back in the day so I... it's a really interesting time period especially one which is i think the 40s yeah Maybe... i believe so no i think it's the 30s because the four it was the 40s and mafia 2 mm-hmm. and then they skipped the 50s and went to the 60s for mafia 3 hmm so yeah, there is still stuff coming out and being announced. It's just way farther and more f- few between at this right. point, I think. And also like nothing that really pertains to us. Yeah, and it's one of those things where like I was looking at a list of like events and things happening, and between like June fourth and the eleventh, there were like a hundred events happening or something. So it's like in a couple weeks we will get a lot of news, which is makes sense because that's roughly the time the E3 would have been going on. Yeah. So we'll get a probably a large majority or a good portion of news stuff that was supposed to happen at E3 anyways within the next couple of weeks. So And I I mean we keep talking about it, but like the clock it keeps ticking for PlayStation. They're gonna have to show the PS5 at some point. Yeah, so the guy, the journalist who tweeted out that they were going to have that event in early June and it was going to be like a fuckload of games, uh, he rolled that back. He like walked that back with another tweet he put out the other day that was like, okay, I guess they had to delay it a couple days. So now it'll be like the second or third week of June and there might not be as many games now. 
Interesting. And I don't know if he, like, someone from Sony said, like, hey, dog, you can't say this stuff. <laughs> you got to walk it back. Or if he, something changed in the plans or whatever. But, hmm. I mean, J- Jeff Grubb is usually someone who is not wrong about that kind of thing. So right. it's it was just a weird walk back. Because, yeah, normally if you, like, leak something like that, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I meant this. Like, it, was, it was just very bizarre, and it was, like, days later, so it didn't make any sense to me. But. Yeah, I mean, typically they would try to, they have, like, multiple sources, and they would verify with multiple sources before, you know, announcing this kind of stuff, so. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but with that, I do think that is all the news. I think we have successfully scraped to the very bottom of the barrel. Well, do you want to get into like a rumor I saw? Sure. What'd you see? Uh, the the theory is that the next Game Informer cover is going to be Marvel's Avengers. Oh. Because Andrew Reiner tweeted something out about uh, like in another dimension, Marvel, like Avengers was out now. And then something about... Uh, 623 hmm. and then the next and this next cover or this next magazine is going to be game informers 320 uh 26th uh magazine that they've done mm. so 623 326 so <clears throat> that's uh that's one of the the theories i wouldn't even call it a rumor it's more of just like a, a fan theory yeah <clears throat> so if that happens, maybe that can sell me on that game. Because of right now, I went from being very excited to seeing the game and going, oh, I don't want this anymore. Yeah, I... And I know you feel the same exact way. It would take so much for me to become interested in that game, I think. Like, they would have to say some truly magical shit for yeah. me to be back on board, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I guess we can just kind of get into the games that I've been playing because you said you've been playing Terraria and don't really have. Yeah, a lot the to say. the final update came out last Saturday. It's called mm-hmm. Journey's End, and they added a whole bunch of new stuff. So I've just been playing that. I've been hosting a server for my computer and playing with oh, okay. some people. So, I mean, it's it's fun enough, but right. it's I nothing is really different about that game so like i think that game did actually come out 10 years ago so i you know i'm i have talked about terraria so much in my time on this earth that i am okay for the moment (laughs) you're all terraria out i think i'm almost done playing it now i think we're like almost back at the end game thing and it's just like uh this is like the sixth time i've done the full progression of this game i'm I'm glad that this is the final update because I think if I had to come back one more time and make a new world, I would be like, all right, it's over. (laughs) We can't. Mm -hmm. Now, was that like a free update or did you have to pay for that? Uh, Every update for Terraria has been uh, free. Oh, Oh, it's actually as of a couple days ago, it was nine years that it came out because it came out May 16th, 2011. Wow. Okay. Had a good run. It's had a good run. Yeah, it did. and there was there's a whole bunch of weird stuff like they were making another like standalone version of it that added a bunch of new features, but then got canceled. And there was a rumor that they were making a sequel, but I don't know that any of that stuff panned out. So who knows? 
Have, is that all they've been doing the last nine years? It's just kind of been working on Terraria stuff, or are they working on other games? Yes, I believe that's all they have been doing. Um, the guy, like the lead programming guy, his name is Red or something. That's what he goes by. He had been working on another project called Terraria Otherworld and supposedly working on Terraria 2. And then, like I said, Otherworld got canceled. But actually, that was something that happened in the news recently was someone tweeted at him saying, are we ever going to see Terraria Otherworld or like how, and how much would it cost for you to like give us information about it? And he said, I don't know, like $15 and maybe Mm -hmm. I'll put the source code up somewhere so people can edit it. Oh, (laughs) and I don't know. I didn't follow up on that. So maybe that's out there going to be out there soon for people to see what it was supposed to be and if, if fans want to finish it or something i think was his implication right yeah huh. i don't know yeah yeah but you platinum spider-man i did i did that um sunday i um i because as i as i said i did the new game plus i 100 percented it and then my big concern about the challenges came true where i was like oh god i got i need like five more challenge tokens and i'm just not getting anywhere with these Mm. so then i decided to start a a new new game plus and then just beeline it to the part where you get to the challenge tokens and then did that Mm. and then got my challenge tokens that way because challenge tokens kind of carry over oh i did not know that yeah all the tokens and everything carry over from the from new game plus uh, but I don't know if you remember this, but that happens in the second act where you start dealing with the challenge tokens. So I had to mm-hmm. go through quite a bit of content again to get to <laughs> that part. It, it probably yeah. took me like seven, eight hours to get back there. Oh, boy. For that last trophy. That's rough. But it was worth it because that is my very first platinum. Ooh, nice. Well, like I'd say that. I do have some Telltale Platinums, but I don't count those. Because, like, that's just, like, play the game and you get the Platinum. Yeah, usually. You just play it once and you, you have the Platinum, so mm-hmm. those don't count. So that's this is my first official Platinum. Nice. And it's uh, it was a very manageable Platinum, except for that one part. <laughs> but I guess if you're better at the game, those wouldn't have been as big of an issue. I remember I was like shooting for one last one and I was grinding on one of the, I don't remember what they were called ones where you have to get through the circles. Yes. Like the swinging challenges or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're chasing, um, the drone or the drones. Yes. You're chasing drones and just trying to like get into that area. Sort of like you, break them or whatever i don't even remember yeah but yeah i mean spider-man is an excellent game um and it it is it is a very manageable platinum to the point where as i as i've said like that's the first platinum i've ever gotten so like man that is just an excellent game all around Mm -hmm. the next game i think is a game that you would enjoy it's called hyperdot sounds very familiar uh it's I, I I hesitate to call it a survival game because like survival kind of has certain implications. This is, I have seen this. Yes, where it's like bullet hell, but you're just trying to survive for 15, 20, 25 seconds. 
and like all these shapes are just coming on screen. You're just moving. It's you're just controlling a dot and you're just kind of moving it around, trying to avoid the all the shapes and just trying not to die. And it's very minimalist, but it, it it's extremely addictive and it's a lot harder than it seems. Yeah, it uh, the way I would describe it is it's like Geometry Wars, but without the shooting aspect of it. Yes, so it's like a bullet. Um, as it's a bullet hell, but you're not shooting; you're just trying to survive. Yeah, and it's like in a circle. Yes. And you, yeah, so the shapes come on screen, and you just want to dodge them. But yes, I don't remember where I had seen this. But well, it's on Game Pass yeah. right now. Yeah, uh, and it's on PC and Xbox, so I would definitely mm-hmm. recommend. Tr- trying this if you have access to it because as i said it seems very simple but it it um it ramps up in difficulty pretty hard but it also just kind of moves along pretty quickly if you if you do fail you're right back in it and and you're only try each each level as i said is 15 20 25 seconds so it's very much in and out and it's a great game to play for 20 30 minutes at a time mm-hmm um and then i guess just bring it up here i've been replaying uncharted 4 and middle earth shadow of mordor (laughs) why are you replaying both of these products um well uncharted 4 i i've been wanting to buy for a while because if you remember i rented i not rented it i just borrowed it from you well actually i borrowed both these games from you so i've been i've been wanting to replay uncharted anyways and then when I was going in to buy Uncharted, Middle Earth Shadow Mordor was on sale for $6. I was going to say, there is a sale going on on PSN that is pretty good. And I the, the, uh, I don't know if the new one started yet, the Days of Play thing. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I This was last weekend that I bought these two games. Okay, yeah, there is some sale that is like coming up within the next couple of days as well, so a lot of stuff will probably be super cheap again. Yes. Uh, So, like, I bought Uncharted 4 and Middle-Earth for $26 between the two of them. Mm. Uh, So, and it also just seemed to... uh, fit in well i was like oh that it you know that works out that uh we'll be talking about warner brothers and i'm gonna replay shadow of mordor Um, yeah i do not think you would like that game if you played that today uh it'd probably be fine enough i mean with you may like the nemesis system but you would hate the open world I mean, the open world doesn't have anything in it back then, but that wasn't why you were. Co- I, that's not why I was coming to that game. Is also the, the open world's pretty small in general. It is pretty small, but it is just very much that like Ubisoft go to this section on the map, pick up this thing, go to you know, it's just icons all over the map type of thing. I almost got the platinum in that, but I don't. There was like two things that I needed to do, and one of them was like collect all the herbs. Oh, I I, there was another one that I was just like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, that would. Um, no, but I so that's why I I thought about more why I think I like Shadow of Mordor and not Shadow of War. Right. And Shadow of Mordor was like a more compact experience where I feel like Shadow of War blew it out and in theory that would be better but it's more of the same thing but i think all it did was exacerbate the problems that you can't see that much because it's a smaller experience 
Yes, where this, like, um, Shadow of Mordor, you start out in a pretty small er- uh, like area, map area. Yeah. And then you get to a certain part, point in the game, and then you kind of open up the second area mm. in that. F- and then and then you get to another, like, a third act, and then you kind of open up a new area. And But they're all pretty small, like, areas. Yeah. Where, like, Shadow of War had, like, seven or eight if i remember correctly yeah it was huge and at least shadow of mordor you could really easily transport between like large swaths of the map because you could just like appear in those towers or whatever whereas like shadow of war it was just like everything was so much further apart and like a pain in the ass to get around so yeah i don't know yeah And and it is just one of those things where like you played this before you played the witcher and that was kind of the moment i know you like broke on open world games yeah i think so i this this i still it's one of those things where i don't understand at this point why no one stole the nemesis system for anything else really right because by now definitely games should have been able to come out and have their own spin on that system but it just hasn't happened like i i i also would have wondered like that would be like an interesting thing for a game like Batman yes, or Spider-Man where it's just like, oh, it's like you beat up Jimmy the thug and now you can take on the kingpin or something like I, I don't know, like something like that, a hierarchy of like weird random thugs to then lead to larger villains, I feel would fit in a game like that. And just really nothing has done that other than Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War. Oh, I was thinking like you would just have like, yeah, I guess that would work as well. Just like having the thugs and just kind of, I was thinking more just like every, everyone in the nemesis system would just be like smaller, like villains in the game itself. Like mm. it would just be full of I, I like Spider-Man characters. So like Rhino, um, I, but then like at the same time, like Dr. Octopus, puss he probably like doc ock he deserves probably more so yeah i don't know it's probably a lot harder to actually execute than we're saying well or even like think about a game like mafia right like you just you take down the like lieutenants of a mob family or something until the patriarch comes out or something you know what i like or yakuza something something like that i don't know like there are applications where i feel like it would work and it just hasn't i mean it's probably super hard to implement but it seems like one of those things that if a warner brothers studio did it i don't yeah it's weird like no other triple a studio latched onto that at all which i I still find surprising yeah and and that's kind of like i think it would work better in like the mafia or the yakuza examples i'm just wondering like because like that gets harder with superheroes because you already kind of like have like a you already know those characters are those villains so like you're it, it makes it so like there's a certain expectation i i that would be at least my guess where like it's gonna seem like some characters end up getting shafted or whatever. I'm not. I'm. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, maybe how you would you know do the villains right. I so I, it would probably be easier if there is no like uh, knowledge of these characters uh, going in, and they are just. And that's I think why Met- Shadow Mordor works because it is just random orcs or Urix. Or at least that's kind of my theory. I don't. I don't know. Because like that one, like you, you kill. You're killed by a random 
orc, and then all of a sudden they are part of the nemesis system. So, mm-hmm. oh, that also reminds me that the PS3 version and the Xbox 360 versions of those games did not have the nemesis system. Yeah, so it, so we, I that's probably a bizarre thing. It would just be very generic open world <laughs> game, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I don't. Th- I've never actually seen gameplay of that version. I don't think. I wonder if it is more. I wonder if it is still an open world thing, or if it's more like stages that then like have story cinematics at the beginning and end. Um, I bet you it. Look that it, up. I bet it's an open world. I mean, like, cause like the the three sixty and PS three had open world games. They did, but I yeah, I just I'm curious because without the Nemesis system, there's not much point for there to be an open world. I guess. I mean, other than to just like traverse, traverse around, which it's fun enough to run around that that area. Yeah. But yeah, is Uncharted Four holding up? Oh, Uncharted Four holds up extremely well. Yeah, uh, I'm only about halfway through the game. I just got to the part, uh, Madagascar, where like you're in the market. Mm-hmm. So where um, the E3 demo breaks. Yes. Nice. But yeah, I mean, Uncharted 4 is just a tremendous game. Mm-hmm. Even today, I mean, it's it holds up extremely well. Where Shadow of Mordor, you start to see like, oh wow, even in the last six years, open world games have come very far. Oh, very much, yeah. Mm. And that, to be fair to Shadow of Mordor, that was like one of the first years of that console so uh, yeah it was within the first year i I don't know when in 2014 it released but i think it was like the tail end of that year but yeah um september 30th so it would have been 10 months after so yeah mm-hmm. yeah but yeah uncharted 4 still a tremendous tremendous games so but um yeah that's i don't really have a lot to add to those i mean they're just no replaying those because i have nothing else to do it is possible that we might hit under an hour depending on how much we talk about these games from warner brothers uh and i did throw cd project red in because yeah because they because warner brothers did uh Publish. publish their stuff well yeah. like partially publish here in north america just the witcher 3 but i was like you know what there's so little with warner brothers yeah that there's I, we'll just throw a cd project red now because they definitely do yeah. deserve to be talked about anyway so yeah uh but it will start out with warner brothers and we can start out mm-hmm. with uh batman arkham knight which I think for a lot of people was a humongous disappointment. Yeah. The only thing that I really remember about this game now was how much everyone hated the Batmobile. Also, it was an open world game. Yeah, but I mean, so was Arkham city. It was, but like, it was like a lot more just icons all over the map uh, from even Arkham city. Well, yeah, because they added so many fucking Riddler trophies. Yes. Uh, which, oh, to the detriment of everything, I think. I don't, oh, my God. And then, like, oh, sorry. it was also impossible to track them. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you wanted to go back 
and be like, oh, which ones do I need? Where could they be? It was just like a fucking nightmare to go through and try to do that. So that, that was a bummer as well. Yes, and they capped off, uh, or not capped off, but they uh, they blocked off the true ending unless you 100%ed the game, mm-hmm. if you remember. Yeah. And 100%ing the game was spending way too much time in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I also remember the fact that when the PC game came out or the PC port came out. Oh yeah. That port was very bad. It, not just very bad. It was so broken. They just took it down. And is it, is it even available for PC or did they never bring it back? Uh, no, I think it's available now. Okay. I know at least at launch, it was a tire fire. Yeah. It's $20 on steam right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, but like, I didn't mind this. I just think it was one of those things where this is the third one in this franchise and well, fourth four. technically, yeah. um, and it just, it didn't add enough new stuff outside of, Ooh, the Batmobiles here right. to make it feel unique. I mean, I will say it looked a lot better and if, and it did look a lot better and narratively i think they came up with a really good reason for why there were nobody no one was in the streets that is true uh hey and what was it origins was christmas yes no one goes outside at christmas no no why would they Um, uh, yeah, but like, I remember not hating the Batmobile that much. It just was like, okay, this is a new puzzle solving element, whatever. I remember some of like, I guess they would, they weren't Riddler trophies were they Riddler challenges. Cause I remember some, you had to like drive the Batmobile on like the, the ceiling. Oh, yeah. Like, so there are both, there were Riddler like challenges where you like solve riddles or do yes. puzzles. And then most of them like at the end, they would drop a trophy or mm-hmm. unlock the thing that had the trophy in it or whatever. Cause I remember doing some um, of those. And the other, that thing that I remember about this game is how disappointed I was that they couldn't get away from the Joker. Uh, I didn't mind that part. The thing that disappointed me the most was how I figured out who the Arkham Knight was probably within 30 seconds. And I was like, that seems too easy. Mm -hmm. Like they, they can't have done that. Right. Right. And then they try to subvert your expectations like several times. And each time I was like, oh, maybe. And then when they reveal that it was the person I thought it was the whole time, I was like, man, are you fucking kidding me? Well, and they made a big deal that it was like, They created this whole new character and all they did was they took like some comic book story arc, but then just, and they just changed the name of the character. Yes. Yeah. It was, yes. it was a bizarre thing. Like I just was like, well, this is exactly what this person would have done. Mm-hmm. And then when I, it was actually that person, I was like, come on, man. What? Yeah. That was not a good twist either. No, because it was so obvious. Yeah, that's what I even. I feel like even if you didn't know anything about Batman, like it, you, it might take you slightly longer to figure out who it was. But like you keep showing them in flashbacks and stuff. Like of course, oh, whatever. <laughs> what a bummer. And, and the other disappointing thing is, well, maybe it's not disappointing, but like we haven't seen that studio Rocksteady do anything since. No, it's been five years. So, I mean, we're and we haven't heard anything what they're doing. So no. I would assume whatever they're working on, it's going to get announced and it's going to be like in three months. It's out. 
Because there's, I would assume so. Because there's no way they're going to be like, hey, we're working on this, and it comes out in 2022. <laughs> uh, Warner Brothers, uh, at least the last major game I remember for them doing something like that was uh, Shadow of War had a pretty short announced to release yes. time window. Yes, it so. did. I remember it was it was probably like three or four months. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I assume they're doing with whatever Rocksteady's working on next. Yeah, I, I man, I, I think the other thing that bummed me out about Arkham Knight was that was around the time when there were a lot of cool new Batman villains being introduced, mm. like the Court of Owls, which people think is what the next Batman game will be about. Right. And it just was like, Oh, you really went back to the well. There's like, I don't know. It just felt so weirdly unoriginal for some reason. Yeah. We're like, and Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and that was also like, I, I think maybe people had just been like capped out on Batman shit and pop culture at that point too. Yeah. I think this is the moment where people were getting into Marvel more than DC. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is like, um, with Spider-Man, they brought in Mr. Negative as one of them. And he's been like, he's a fairly new, um, uh, Spider-Man villain. So it would have been kind of cool to see them, you know, bring in like a newer villain from the comic books. Mm -hmm. Uh, the next game, uh, is Dying Light. People really, really, really like Dying Light. (laughs) Well, people weirdly like Techland game it seems like <laughs> uh, I mean people like Dead Island as well so, yes yeah. and by uh, yes I guess it's just Dead Island and and Dying Light which Dying Light 2 got delayed indefinitely it did and there's been articles coming out about like the state that that game is in and like the working conditions and it seems like rough so yes seems like one of those things where the idea of it like it sounded so cool from a narrative perspective and it sounded like impossible to have that many narrative choices as they were trying to have in things and actually have it impacted so it seems like they might have uh bit off quite a bit more than they could chew in terms of like what's realistic to make in a video game when you have to actually release it yeah so uh, we'll see how that pans out. I have a feeling that when they like reannounce a release date, they're going to put out a new trailer that kind of tries to pare down expectations of what they were originally saying about the narrative elements of that game. So, yeah. And to, I guess to, we should probably just talk about Deadland or not Deadland, uh, Dying Light a little bit. Cause it's like, I, I didn't play it and I didn't really see a lot of gameplay, but I believe it's just like a, a first person, like, uh, it's kind of like Mirror's Edge, where you're just kind of traversing around the world in first person, like parkour. Yeah, it has a lot of yeah, it has a lot of parkour stuff, and then outside of that, I mean, it's just like a zombie, zombie game type thing. Um, but and then I, I know that it did have some like choices in the plot that depended on like it who was stayed alive or like what who gave you quests i think there were like two major split points or something like that yes and i believe there's like a day night cycle and if you go out during the day you're fine or and but then if you go out at night like you can get better loot but then like you're basically dead if you're caught by the zombies like there's no so like there's a very much a risk reward type of thing 
uh, I and I believe that's pretty much Dying Light. As someone who didn't yeah. really, it doesn't really sound like anything I'd be interested in. So I never really. No, watched. me either. And it was one of those. It's like not slow shambling zombies. They're like fucking crazy yes. and super fast and jump all over the place and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like it, it's one of those things where at first glance it, to me, it just seems so boring and uninteresting, but then the way they talk about some of the systems and things, especially what they're trying to add to the second one and those parts sound cool. Mm -hmm. But then it's one of those things where it's like, do I want to like chip away at the surface to see what's underneath? Like, is that even worth it? Or should I just not do it? And I, yeah, I will assume I'll land on just not because it's, I can let someone else, I can see those elements through someone else's eyes and probably get the same impact I would. So, yeah, I, uh, that it just does not seem like a game for us. No. Um, the next game, Cars Three. I only, that's for us. I sure. <laughs> I just think it's really kind of like a novel game, just in the sense that like Warner Brothers published a Disney product. I there and what happened is Avalanche Studios was owned by Disney, and uh, Disney then shut down all their video games. So then the studio that was Avalanche that was making Cars Three was then bought by Warner Brothers, and somehow Disney let them continue to work on the game. Yeah, because uh, Disney didn't own Avalanche. Mm. I believe was the case. No, I believe they did. Oh, I thought they were technically independent. No, I believe they did, but then they sold off everything. And then it was purchased, and then it was picked up by uh, Warner Brothers. Or at least that's what I believe. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Okay, you're right. Yeah, they were acquired for an undisclosed sum. Yes, because they, I mean, their job was to make uh, the Disney whatever Skylanders was. Disney Skylanders, whatever that was. Disney called. Infinity. Disney Infinity, yes. <laughs> Oh boy, Avalanche made such hot bangers as Hannah Montana Spotlight World Tour mm. and Disney's Bolt. Yes, that. Oh, they just fucked that. They made the Toy Story three game. That game's actually sick. So, and I believe they did work on some like Disney Infinity stuff. Like, I from what I've heard, there's like a a Disney Infinity Kart Racer that is actually like legitimately good. But you had to have Disney Infinity. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, Cars 3 was not very good, the the, the game or the movie. Uh, I, I, so there are, at this point, there are a lot of Pixar movies I haven't seen, mm-hmm. including good ones. But I, roughly around the time of Brave was when I stopped watching new Pixar movies with the exception of Toy Story. And I just remember when Cars 3 came out, it had like pretty abysmal review movie reviews. <laughs> I didn't even know why they made Cars 2. Like I wasn't that into original Cars. Uh, the original Cars was okay. It's fine. Can I tell you a story about the original Cars? I mean, we have nothing else to talk about. Okay. At work, I my office is directly across the hall from a recording studio where we sometimes... I, I work at a college and sometimes we have to record... Uh, like classes like um, speech classes go in there sign language classes go in there there's a professor for one of the speech classes who is very upbeat and excited all the time mm-hmm. and he'll always try to make conversations with his students and there was one day I actually had to shut the door to my office because me and my office mates started laughing so hard uh, 
he just started talking about cars and how it made him cry because not because it was sad or anything, but because do you remember the plot of cars where they're like going to pave over route 66 or whatever and make it like a highway? I mean, there were, yeah, that was, yes. Yeah. He he said the destruction of culture is what made him cry. <laughs> okay. And I'm just, I can kind of see these kids faces and they're all just like, what the fuck is happening? And I, I couldn't stop laughing, man. I was just like, this 50 some year old man is telling these late teens, early 20s kids about how cars made him cry. Mm -hmm. A movie about talking cars like I. Oh, my God. I couldn't do it. Hey, hey. Toy Story made you cry. Hey, Toy Story is great. That, that's and a I, movie that, about talking toys, Manny. No, I know. Uh, no, I'm just I, saying, I, I, like, I, uh, Lightning McQueen, I don't Owen know that Wilson? I felt any emotion during... Oh, I love Owen Wilson. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying, Lightning McQueen as a character, I don't know that there was a point when I was watching Cars where I was like, oh, the, the cultural destruction, is it's got me in a way. I uh, Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, that was very much a real thing in... The oh, I, it, cer- it certainly was, but uh, but like I was not. No, I was not torn up about that. Well, but also they were definitely going to save it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it wasn't going to be a Pixar movie where they were like all of a sudden like, and then Lightning McQueen died, <laughs> and the, the Route sixty six was never seen again. Mm-hmm. It was like obviously there's going to be some strife, but he's going to make it. It's fine. It's not like Toy Story 3 where they hold hands and accept death and you're like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Disney. Yeah. Oh, boy. But yeah, he cried dur- uh, during the original Cars and I um, I couldn't take it. Yeah. Mainly because of the reaction of the students. Mm-hmm. So you could no see one the said reaction of the students. You, I, could, I could see it and just like no one really said anything until one girl said, really? <laughs> <laughs> And I was just like, oh, fuck, they're not impressed. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my car's experience. (laughs) Well, like, not to keep talking about this, but like, like community college is mixed up of like, it's not just young. I mean, there's some people as well. I know. So like you would have these like 40 year olds just being like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, that, that, yes. He's a, he was a, he was, he was and continues to be a weird dude. So I, you know it's fine. A, a lot of college professors are that way. I, I don't want to be mean, but they're a little. No, I, it, generally that's true. But this guy takes it to another level sometimes. <laughs> so huh, now I know somebody who uh, cried from cars. That's interesting. Yeah, those are the. T- I I normally don't laugh when people cry about things, but mm-hmm. I laugh about that. And when one of my old managers told me they cried when Shenmue Three was announced. <laughs> I did laugh about that. You had a similar reaction to Shenmue Three, I would say. I almost cried. You're right. I mean, you got several several times during our experience. I mean, you got so excited, you uh, you backed it on Kickstarter. So that is true. That's like tears of money. Yes. <laughs> and then I felt like crying when you actually played through that game. Oh boy! I say you because at a certain point you just played it, and I just watched you play it. Yeah, <laughs> and oh boy, things got dire at the end of that product. It yes, fuck. We've talked about that game many times. We have. 
So anyways, get back on track. Cars 3 was a mediocre at best kart racing game. Yes, I mean but that Warner Brothers didn't even technically produce. They just allowed it to be finished. I, I, I yeah, I assume they made some money off of it. If they, I would hope so. I assume. Uh the next is Cars 2 the one sorry is cars 2 the one where it starts with like a torture scene i only see i saw cars one okay i one of them i know people were like weirded out by like a spy gets caught and is like tortured i think that's cars 2 i think it's the one that's in tokyo anyways that's off track (laughs) oh wow i'm just looking at the rotten tomatoes cars 2 has a considerably worse score than three Oh, really? Yes. Rotten Tomatoes 3 is 70. Uh, 2 is 39. Woof. Yeah, that must Sorry, that must now be I'm hiccuping. Rough. I've been watching a lot of bad movies lately, and that one's got to be worse than anything I've watched. That's fun. Uh, well, we don't need to get into it unless... Because like I, I last night I watched X Men Apocalypse and I don't think you want to. Oh my god, that movie sucks so bad. You, you know what the, the saddest oh. part is, Manny? I watched it. And I was like, what? compared to everything else I've been watching, I was like, not that bad. I tried to stay positive mm-hmm. when I was watching that movie in the theaters. I was like, oh man, I really like Days of Future Past. They brought it back from what it was. You know, First Class was pretty yeah, good. Like Days of Future Past was pretty good. And then I saw Apocalypse and I was just like in the theater. I felt like each passing moment I slouched <laughs> further down in my chair being like, why do they kill the X-Men? Why are they doing this? It was to still me? alive. It's. I mean, it's still alive technically. Uh, no, now it's dead. I think. I think uh, Apocalypse or not Apocalypse. Um, Dark Right. Dark, Dark Phoenix. Phoenix yeah. Officially killed it. Yeah. Woof. But I really don't don't watch the Tobey Maguire Spider Man movies. Um, I listen. I wouldn't. Now I, I did, and boy, anybody who says Spider Man Two is a good movie is very much wrong. Uh, I think at the time it was fine. People say that, but if you watch that and then watch the uh, Batman Begins, they came out right around the same time. Okay, that's like not even a comparison. It is a comparison. <laughs> How can you say it's not? Because Bat- no, I'm saying Batman Begins is in a different league of film. But it, like, it, I mean, you want to talk about cost. I mean, they both cost the same. They both came out. One came oh, out in 2004. Dang. One came out in 2005. They deserve to be compared. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh Liam Neeson he was so good everybody was good in that and then you watch Tobey Maguire and it's like this guy how did he become an actor who who thought he'd be a good actor there's a reason why he he disappeared from from Hollywood (laughs) you're becoming very passionate about (laughs) Spider-Man oh my god I was so it's terrible it is terrible Hey, Spider-Man 3, oh my I God. will never forget the experience. Spider-Man man. 3, I love the scene when he's walking down the street. Okay, uh, yes, it is. All of it is all of it is priceless and hilarious, but it is <laughs> well, like it is a fucking trash fire movie. Do you remember? He's like finger gunning the ladies. Yes, <laughs> I can never forget. It's burned into my brain forever. But my favorite thing is like. I don't know if he's supposed to be like, oh man, this is hot. He's hot stuff. 
because like half the women are disgusted by it but then like women are also like turning around like lowering their sunglasses being like oh he's hot stuff i don't know like is he supposed to be hot or is he supposed to be lame i don't know i don't know and then the jazz club him dancing the the fucking jazz club (laughs) you know you know what the sad part about that that movie's two and a half hours long, Spider-Man 3. The first hour, I was yeah. like, I enjoyed the first hour of Spider-Man 3 more than the entire Spider-Man 2. But boy, that hour and a half after that just turns into a trash fire. I remember the part where he fights Harry in that alley. And I remember thinking, this, this is all yeah. right. And then everything after that, I was like, I'm oh, just kidding. We've gone too the far. The first hour, it's fine. It falls apart right after that because that's when he gets the the Venom suit. Mm. And yes, he starts turning all emo and does that, slicks his hair down and such a great movie. Such a terrible, great movie. I actually had more fun watching Spider-Man 3. (laughs) Uh, Hitman 2 is fun (laughs) because people like Hitman 2. Uh, and Hitman, it's it, now we've, we've said this before. It contains Hitman yes. One in it, uh, and so I, I, I don't know what to say about this other than that IO was sold. No, they just let them well, not sold. They were let go. They were released from their Square Enix prison, mm-hmm. and uh, then they said, "Hey, Warner Brothers, can we publish this game because we have the game already?" Mm-hmm. And they were like, sure, we like money and good products. And then they, they let him put it out under the Warner Brothers umbrella. Yes. And here we are. Hitman 2 was, by all accounts, pretty good. The DLC has been pretty good. Uh, they fixed a lot of stuff that people had like weird random complaints about from Hitman 1. And now, like we said, they put the original in with those same enhancements. And that's just a cool, good thing. Yeah, um... The only thing I really remember about this game is I believe it's the first level and it's the racetrack. Mm-hmm. And then you can dress up as that flamingo mascot. Yep. Um, that always seemed like fun. But for whatever reason, I never tried Hitman 2. It was just one of those games where I was like, I'll buy that at some point, And then I never did. So I think the original Hitman is actually not the original right. Hitman, the original three release of yes. Hitman that IO did. Uh, was actually a prime example of why episodic games can work. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things where like, oh, you only had the first map, right? And so you enjoyed it and it made people like go back and learn those maps and do the challenges because the next one wasn't going to be out for a couple of months. And then it also kept people talking about the original Hitman over the course of its release cycle, whereas Hitman 2 was still a similar game. Like, it's the same gameplay with the same, like, maps and challenges and stuff, but because it all released as one single package, it wasn't, like, in the public eye for as long. Yes. And I think that was to its detriment. Oh. I just went to the Hitman PlayStation uh, site, and it has the Sean Bean. Sorry, like I know, like completely different than what you're talking about. But remember yeah, that yeah. Sean Bean, <laughs> Sean Bean DLC. Yes, yeah. I mean that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. But is. yes, um, to get to get back onto your point, yes, I mean like the because these are these are 
Hitman is a game that is made to replay over and over and over again and just try all these different, mm-hmm. just basically memorize these maps and just try different wacky things out. But like most people, they play a game once and they never really go back to it. Uh, so then like Hitman 2, that's that's exactly how they played it. Where Hitman 1, as you said, you just played through the first one and you didn't have anything else. So then you were like, well, I guess I'll just uh, replay this this you know map again and again and again and have it memorized where hitman 2 just did not have that uh it it just came out differently and i think also what hurt hurt hitman 2 is it came out in the fall Mm, yeah and that's typically when a lot of games are coming out so i think if this came out maybe late spring early summer when there's not a lot of games coming out, people would have stuck with it throughout the summer. But when it comes out in the fall and Hitman 2 came out in 2018, right? Yes, I believe Which so. would have been right around the time of Red Dead Redemption, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, well, those are at least two that I can think of, but I know there were other big names you know, in 2018 in the fall. So I think that also probably hurt it as well, where you're like, I could play Hitman 2 again and again, or I can move on and play these other huge games. Yeah. Uh, And then also I probably just, Hitman 2 was just more Hitman 1. I don't think they really did a lot Mm -hmm. to that formula. No, I mean, they just improved some things, but that it's largely the same thing with more maps. But I mean, if you love the Hitman series, I mean, Hitman 2 is probably the best one. Mm-hmm. Um, the next game is Injustice 2, which um, mm-hmm. is the DC fighting game. Yes, it and is. And I, I think like this is the game that made me go like this was really like NetherRealm's first game at just having like an immense amount of uh, single player content to the point where like you never had to like even play online or play against other people. There was just so much content for the single player. And I think this kind of set a new standard for fighting games, or at least like for single player content. Yeah. Um, I mean, no game is ever going to do it other than another realm game, but uh I, I just I wish that I liked the way NetherRealm games played. I can't I can't stand the way that they feel so stiff. Yeah, uh, but like Injustice Two, the story mode was fun, and it was where they came up with the idea to have the customizable like Loot. armor pieces and yes. things, and it fits really well in this game. And we'll get to Mortal Kombat later, uh, where I feel like it doesn't fit at no. all, but. Injustice 2, like, it was cool. Like, those characters have a billion different costumes from the comics, and you can go through and unlock those things. The It was a little bit of a pain in the ass to try to get, like, the custom moves and stuff because they wouldn't always drop or you didn't get the one you needed and things like that. But it had a fun, interesting, good roster. Uh, and you're right, it had a, it had a lot of single-player content. And a great story. Um, like, for a fighting game, probably the best story the only one that really compares is mortal Kombat, which it's yeah. also that's also another realm 
I do think Injustice One had a better story. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh generally that's probably true, yeah. Um but yeah, I mean I think this has a pretty good story. Um I didn't get into it as much as I did the first one because I really got into the first one competitively. Mm-hmm. And I think a big reason is it just didn't have uh my the character that I liked, Nightwing, in it. Mm. Uh because then I switched to um green arrow but yeah the injustice games are a lot of um zoning and i they are and i i think that can be hard for people to get into but i i do enjoy watching uh injustice too like especially like high-end competitive play And so then they release one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Lego games yes. from Traveler's Tales. Which Traveler's Tales, they do have a couple different studios making games. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have to sit here and go through all of them. I just kind of wanted to list them all out so we could mention that they made DC Supervillains, The Incredibles, Marvel Superheroes, Lego Worlds, The Force Awakens, Marvel Avengers, Dimensions, Jurassic World, and The Hobbit. The only one of these that I played was Marvel's Avengers. I think they also uh, maybe Marvel Superheroes was the oh, sequel. Oh, they actually did ten because I also play. I played um, the Lego Movie two. There was Lego Movie and Lego Movie two, and I think Lego Batman three. Or is that DC Supervillains? Uh, no, DC Supervillains is one where it's just DC Supervillains. Okay, so then they did twelve. Uh, well, <laughs> Batman three was that. A cross-gen game? It was cross-gen. I have it on PS4. Okay. Um, yeah, and then... And then... I Was the Lego... Lego Movie... The Lego Movie 2 one, definitely. I'm just wondering... Okay, I... the Lego Movie is 2014, so yeah, I didn't even get them all. There were so many Lego movies, <laughs> I didn't get them all. <laughs> and also, don't forget that they're making that uh, the Skywalker star wars game as well yeah i so i used to really like the lego games like lego star wars one and two i think were amazing especially at the time i had a lot of fun with Mm -hmm. them and then i they kept cranking them out at such a pace that i was like oh this is weird like the lego indiana jones i was like i don't need this and then uh like the first lego batman was fine the second lego batman i thought was actually very good but they they become kind of stale and samey mm-hmm. at a certain point so it's like now they keep making the same three things like they they're all marvel superheroes dc superheroes or star wars i mean to be fair they tried lego dimensions which was their uh, Disney Infinity answer where they got a bunch of cool licenses that Warner Brothers had like they had uh, Scooby-Doo and Ghostbusters and Back to the Future and sh- shit like that things people like um, but that just didn't take off because that was that came out at around the time that the Toys to Life market was dying Um, but yeah I don't know like it, it, the game these games also go back and forth right like the Hobbit game added a bunch of weird crafting elements and stuff to it. The, some of these are open world games while some of them are still level based games and there's no real rhyme or reason to it. Like Lego Batman two was a fully open world game back on the last generation of consoles. And then Lego Batman three, wasn't right. (laughs) 
<laughs> like it went it reverted back. So I, they're all very different, but like the core gameplay is the same. It's basically like you just mash buttons to destroy everything to collect the Lego studs so that you can uh, pay those to unlock other characters. And like, then there are loose puzzle elements generally. Uh, yes. Um, they're very simple. I think they're probably great games if, um, if it's like a young child and it's their first game, probably mm-hmm. a great way to introduce them into video games. But like I, and it, every once in a while, I don't mind playing a Lego game just because like, it's so brain dead that mm-hmm. you can literally just turn your brain off. And even if your character dies, it'll just respawn instantly with full health. There's no punishment. There is just something nice about just having something so relaxing. But yeah, I mean, if if you're looking, for- there might not be punishment now. There used to yes. be. That shit was you could not. I fucking oh my god. I that brings back horror nightmares. Trying to get all of the kits in the original Lego Star Wars because you have to get enough studs to fill up that bar at the top, and then if you died, it would unfill the bar. Oh. So you could not die. Oh, boy, those were nightmares. No, I mean, like, if you die now, like, you just get respawned instantly with no punishment. Yeah, you would get respawned, but you would lose the studs Mm. to a certain extent. So it was like, oof, can't do that. Yeah, that sounds very different. Mm -hmm. Um, The next game, Mad Max. Um, it's not based on the movie that came out right around the same time, but like, no, it's just set in the Mad Max universe and it is just the most basic shit imaginable in an open world game. It seems like, yeah, I don't really have anything to say about it yeah all the reviews were very middling and people were like this is cool i like the mad max universe but the world by design is pretty empty (laughs) and so that makes it inherently less fun and then there's like not a lot of super cool visuals because it's mostly desert Mm -hmm. uh and then like the tasks were fine enough but they were pretty repetitive after a certain point and there wasn't enough variety so it was like a like your very average baseline open world game it seemed like yeah there's not a lot to say about this game so yeah Um, middle earth shadow mordor and shadow of war we've pretty much already touched on it earlier yeah, I mean, it was an open world Lord of the Rings game uh, where you play as someone possessed by a ring wraith and. Uh, very faithful to that, Tolkien. Uh, yeah, very faithful, <laughs> very faithful. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's just a cool yeah. thing to be in that Lord of the Rings world. I mean, I think that's kind of secondary to the experience, to be honest, because the the plot is more or less meaningless to the overall experience i think it's it's mostly about the introduction of that nemesis system where you fight the orc hierarchy and they remember you and become your rivals and stuff and it's an interesting dynamic system um but other than that it's just like uh it has like the arkham style combat with the countering stuff yes which i mean it is a little more novel because at least with this you have a sword and you're just like chopping heads off uh, mm-hmm. Where the Arkham, obviously, uh, Batman is not chopping heads off of people. 
So yeah. I like you like you are murdering people. So like I guess there's that that's a little different, but there is that. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, it is just the Batman combat with the Nemesis system. Yeah, yeah and then I mean, Shadow of War just made every, the game way bigger, and it introduced the uh, like castle siege thing where you were sending your orc army to fight another orc army and invading with them, but they were under your yes. control because you could control the orcs in that one. Oh, going back to Shadow Mordor, that yeah. has, I'm going to say, the worst final boss battle of the generation. Uh, I remember it being like a nothing fight. You remember you just like stealth around and then just like stab them in the back like three times and it's over? Yeah, that was not good. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like frustrating or bad. It was just so uneventful. You're like, what is the this is not how you end this game. But like, that's how are they going to end uh, it better than that? Well, I just mean like the the plot they wrote had no ending sure. <laughs> is what I mean. Like it was leading to nothing. That's why I I didn't I that ending also is super abrupt. It is like, it's just like, it's over all of a sudden. And you're like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's because they're trying to write around the plot of the Lord of the Rings. Yes, and that's fine. So it's, it's just a weird, thing. I'm just saying like the actual boss battle was terrible. I'm not, the ending yeah. is like, whatever, like it, you're, you're in a very sticky situation. I understand that, but like design a better boss battle. Uh, yeah. And part of that is like, I, I don't know what they would do. You know what I mean? Like that combat system isn't super conducive to boss fights in the first place. No. Whereas like in Batman, they designed a lot of unique boss encounters. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, they could have done that with Shadow of Mordor. It just seems like they had not done one for the entire game. So I wasn't expecting it for the last uh, one. No, I mean, I they guess. like, I if you want to call like the nemesis system, technically boss battles, but like in that, yeah. like they just throw a bunch of like, enemies at you in with like the the hierarchy of the nemesis system so yeah then it's one of those things where like you still fight them the same way but then like the countering and stuff just does a chunk of their health or whatever well and like each each one like has like strengths and weaknesses so like some you can't stealth attack some you can't actually do the like oh god the like the the combat death attack or whatever it's called. I'm playing the game and I can't yeah. remember what it's called. Uh, but, but yeah, like it's so like they could have done something like that. I don't know. Um, but I do remember being very disappointed by that ending. Yeah. And then Shadow of War. Another thing I remember with this game. Remember the controversy with the spider and how they made her sexy. I do, and they. I don't know why they did that. Uh, sexy spider. I mean, obviously. Uh, yeah. The Shadow of War also had very bad controversy with its microtransactions. So. Yes, and that gets forgotten because... <laughs> yeah, because they patched it out. No, because right after that uh, is when uh, Battlefront came out. And then everyone was just... Oh, that is true. And then everyone's that just like, true. we have a new thing to get upset about. That is way worse. Yeah, Shadow of Mordor did patch out a lot of its microtransaction things. Shadow though, War, yes, so. it did. Shadow of War. Oh, yeah, and it right. had that issue with like pre-launch, uh, where that one like one of the higher ups like passed away, 
and then they're having that like charity thing and then they oh yeah but then because of like the way state and country laws are some like the dlc was not a hundred percent like charity to to that person because like some states you can't do that so then it just turned into this whole big mess and a whole big fiasco yeah that game i think that game got saved by with the microtransaction stuff uh with uh battlefront 2 yeah it's probably the case god is mortal Kombat the last game or did i only get to the ends and stop no that's got to be the last okay. game and uh mortal Kombat 10 and 11 which uh oh. i oh. fuck mortal Kombat 9 was so good mm-hmm. i oh my god and it was like the first one where they introduced that kind of like cinematic fighting game story and it retold the plot of the original three then 10 they introduced mostly new characters which is usually good yes in my opinion but they were all the kids of the original characters and none of them were interesting to me or stood on their I own. I like that bow guy. Kung, Kung Jin. Jin. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently Netherrealm thought none of them mattered at all because only one of them yeah, they... made it into the next game. Oh no, sorry too. Cassie and uh, Jackie made it, but uh Takeda, I believe, was in a cinematic, but not in the game. So they got rid of most of the new characters. Oh yeah, the they end. they and then For eleven. For eleven, then they brought back all the old characters that they killed off, but then there was like weird time travel. Uh yeah, and the most of them were revenants, mm-hmm. which was a Mortal Kombat story thing, so they were like zombies. Uh oh. But no, so like 10 was just uh, overall, uh, the story was boring, like outside of the characters. Mm. It was like they tried to invent a new threat using an old Mortal Kombat villain and Shinnok. Right. And it just didn't work. Like it just ended up falling really flat. And then it also, uh, I mean, that was all it had really because it was before Injustice 2. So it didn't have the customization or anything. Right. So it was... It was just like, oh, you beat the story, and then if you don't want to go pro, it's over for you. Yes. Um, and so then Eleven is better in that regard. Like, I think that it is a great fighting game story just because of how stupid it was. It was just like the Avengers Endgame of oh my God. Mortal Kombat stories because it's like multiple people from like two fucking Johnny Cages talking to each other and shit. Yeah, it's like like, um, like it, modern day Johnny Cage talking to his like 90s self. And it's like Yeah, and like stuff like that is just so mm-hmm. dumb that it's awesome. <laughs> like they just stopped giving a fuck and like stopped being super self-serious right. for a lot of that, which is a problem that Mortal Kombat has had forever is being so far up its own ass with its lore. Uh and so they like took it easy on a lot of that stuff. And I, I think it ended in a good place. That's why I'm kind of curious about the story DLC of what comes after, because it does actually continue on where it seemed like they were trying to have a complete reset. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm curious to see what that DLC does. I think it comes out in like five days or something. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about what happens at the end of this? Where like Raiden and Luke Kang 
combined as one. Oh, it's a f- f- yeah. F- uh, spoilers for the end of Mortal Kombat 11, but Fire God Liu yeah. Kang. <laughs> yeah, so Ra- Raiden loses his god mm-hmm. powers, and then Liu Kang becomes a new elder god. And I, I don't know. It's just like it. it I assume it, it's fun. It's it, very anime. I would assume. Um, uh, I mean, not not oh, necessarily. Really? It's basically just it's just like Raiden gives him the magic mm-hmm. touch and gives him his powers. Well, I don't know. And then I he's like, he like been... I'm Luke Kang and I have fire. Yeah, shit and then he now. just basically comes a God. That's, that's all I meant. Like, he yeah. just kind of go and you're just like, what is happening? What a crazy ass story. Yeah, it, it was bizarre. And then like some of the characters died, but then it doesn't matter because there were two of yes. them. <laughs> like it just it's so dumb. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed that story and I tried to play that for longer, but the, the unlocking of the cosmetics, I think was better in injustice Two, Whereas this, you have to explore the crypt, but then they made the currency super weird and didn't drop a lot, even though you couldn't buy it for real money. So it was one of those things where it seemed like it was supposed to be for microtransactions, but then they realized there would be backlash. So they cut them out at the last minute or something. And the crypt was all random. So you couldn't just go to like certain spots and just like be like, yeah, so like you never knew what you were going to get. And, so I thought that they patched that out, but I found out recently that it's still the same, except sometimes they hold events oh. like crypt events where they're like, oh, you're more likely to get like sub zero masks or whatever. So that's interesting. Yeah. I that was one of the things that they didn't really show of the story thing, like if they're adding a lot of new cosmetic things for those characters so i don't know if that's the case but oh god remember joker porn star joker oh yeah Uh, that was a that was a fun story that was a fun story (laughs) he uh he does not look like that anymore no people use a different skin in Mm. the game so that he like looks normal usually when they're playing as joker man that was really funny yeah, now they're getting RoboCop. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh yeah, I don't know. Mortal Kombat, I wish I wish that it felt different or that I enjoyed the way it felt because I think I would like it a lot more. Yeah. It's just like the I generally just play for the story and then drop it uh if there's not more like single player or unlockable content stuff, which this one the this the unlockable stuff just became such a grind immediately that I was like, oh, okay, I am all right. I mean, but this game is worth picking up if you can get it for ten fifteen dollars just for that story mm. mode i would say oh yeah i mean the whole thing uh is a fun yes. ride especially if you are like a fan of mortal kombat even if you're I not in just that... like really dumb fun stories i mean it's perfect yeah um so just going through the list of warner brothers games i did forget mm. the batman vr game don't know we don't really need to talk about it but that is something that happened it was it was fucked up it made people sick a lot and then there's been like a bunch of scribble knots games yeah so scribble knots um as far as i know most of the new ones aren't any different but it's basically like you can type things in and it will spawn them into the world Mm -hmm. uh and so each one the dictionary gets slightly larger and you use it to solve puzzles and that's that's, that's yeah. it. So like you type you type helicopter, helicopter comes in. 
Um, and with each new game, it seems like the vocabulary gets slightly larger and the puzzles get a little bit more intricate, but that's really what that is. Yeah, and they just keep releasing it over and over again, so. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it is a very neat concept, so that is. Yeah. Um, so that is Warner Brothers, and then we can move into Mm -hmm. CD Projekt Red. Which. Yeah, so they've only released three things. I would say let's (laughs) hold off on the big one. So they released Gwent. Yeah. So Gwent is the card game that they've made up wholesale for The Witcher yes. 3 because uh, it's not in the original books or anything. Um, I don't like Gwent as a card game. I think it's not fun. Um, and so I never really got into that, but people play that game competitively and stuff. So the Gwent game still, I believe, is receiving updates now, I believe, and uh is makes them a lot of money and Thronebreaker is still gwent but it has a story around it so it like tells a story in the witcher universe where gwent is the gameplay mechanic so you just like play games of gwent to advance the story is Thronebreaker Um, its own separate thing i thought it was but is it yeah, so it, I believe it is a standalone product, but the gameplay is just Gwent. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if it. that was like a spinoff, or well, not necessarily a spinoff, but like an expansion of Gwent or... No, as far as I know, it is a standalone That's what I uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and then I guess... Then the big boy, The Witcher yes. 3, is one of my favorite games of all time. And I, I just like The Witcher universe in right. general, so it makes sense. But... um. It is possible that it ruined all open world plots for me forever because I just like the story and the side quests actually like matter and have plot. (laughs) Whereas most things are just like, I don't know, fucking get me a piece of bread and I'll give you $30. And you're like, okay, thanks for that fetch quest. Whereas like, I mean, it's still just like combat and doing that same kind of thing, but they usually have like plot around them. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it was a big open world, whereas not everyone likes the combat um, and the movement. But that all depends on personal preference. Like, I don't think the combat is like superb or anything, but they kind of backed themselves into a corner where they made the combat and the Witcher 2 way, way, way too complex. And so originally, like people just could barely even play to. And then when they added a tutorial people got it a little bit more, but it still was just one of those things where it was like way too complex for what Mm -hmm. it was. So then I think they may have backpedaled slightly too far for three where like you can do all kinds of stuff. Like you can prepare for every fight by drinking potions and doing that kind of thing. That's not how I play video games at all. So I found hot cheese strats um, generally by smashing the monster and using the shield spell. Uh, Which, as far as I understand, you really don't need to do the potions if you're playing that game on, like, normal. It's when you're playing on, like, the higher difficulties. That's when... Yeah, so, like, that's when it matters. But they, like, the the combat is really meant for you to do that, I think, to make it more engaging. So when you're on normal and you can just either hack a monster to death and then just, like, spam healing items or kind of cheat the system by using the shield because... the shield is weird and so it absorbs a hit no matter how much damage it does to a certain point so like you can just tank any hit and then put the shield right back up oh, okay. type of thing dip it like if, if you get it to be a high enough level you can do it super right. quick so you can kind of like 
break a lot of encounters that way or not break, but just like cheese them in a way that probably is not intended. Right. Um, but yeah, the movement was weird and they, they patched it several times to try to address complaints that people had. I never changed from the default movement thing, but now there's like 300,000 options. Uh, possibly two of the best like story expansions uh, to a game that I have ever mm-hmm. played adding a lot of content like the fucking blood and wine adds such a comical amount of content and plot to that game that it's insane. And then the, the first expansion that they did was heart of stone, hearts of stone. I don't remember. Um, and that takes place mostly in the original open world, uh, but it adds a, a small sliver of a new area. And that also is a very excellent plot. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like if you are attached to that world and like I just enjoyed traversing it and like exploring and finding things and seeing people and stuff. Right. Uh, whereas like I just don't enjoy doing that in most open world games, usually because most interactions are just bland or meaningless, I feel. Uh, but it, I mean, it, it all depends on what you're yes. into. Right? So just uh, this is this game definitely it. seemed to break uh like <clears throat> the witcher 2 i think was probably more of like a cult classic and yes, where this sure. like all of a sudden cd project red they released this game and all of a sudden now they're like considered a premier studio for what for just from this one game like this is definitely i think uh, objectively speaking top five game of the generation just like in just magnitude uh in terms of magnitude for how much it yes. sold for like what it did. Yes. And it's one of those things where it's just like, it is technically impressive and like almost every way, just the way open world games generally don't look that good. I mean, like now it's aged for however many years it's been out. It was but 2015. Like, so like, at yeah, the like time, open world games just don't look no, that at the good, time. Right? I mean, it was incredible. It was shocking, especially on consoles. It, it looked incredible. And I'm, and I still think about like the weather effects, like when a storm is coming, the way the wind blows all of the foliage and shit is still mm-hmm. mind blowing to me. And like the rain, it just it all looks so cool still, um, which is why it kind of chugs a little bit on mm-hmm. consoles and specific areas. They've tried to optimize that as best they can, but it's it's one of those things where it's like. I, I feel like they kind of hammered it into the console. They were like, make sure you stay in there. Don't pop out. Right. <laughs> like, they made sure that like, I think they had to cut a few corners to make it run on yes. consoles for sure. But um, it, it's interesting because I, I really wonder how cyberpunk is going to do for them. Like I, I think now people have unrealistic, very, very unrealistic. Yes. expectations, And like, I think that's what happened to me with the Witcher three. Cause like I came, mm. I came to it a couple years after it came out. Um, mm. and you and I and Nukio, we used to hang out like every Friday and Sunday all the time and everything. And mm. one of the weekends, I don't, you guys were doing something. So it was just like a free weekend for me. So then I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to play The Witcher this weekend. So I went out and just ordered like an obscene amount of pizza. And like I had like my weekend planned. I was like, I'm going to play The Witcher. (laughs) I'm just going to eat pizza. You've had those week. You know, you 
Yeah, I, I have those weekends most and, weekends. Well, like, there are specific <laughs> weekends where you're like, I'm just going to order too much. I'm not going to talk to anybody. Yeah, I'm yeah. just going to eat pe-. And that's what I did with The Witcher. So, like, But I went in thinking, like, this is going to be one of the greatest games I've ever played. <laughs> and I just went in with these such unrealistic expectations. So then when I started mm-hmm. playing it, like, every hour by, I liked the game a little less. And to the point where I was just kind of disappointed after five, six hours. This is yeah. one game that I've been wanting to go back to, and it seems like now, right around now, might be a great time to give it another try with just such lower expectations. Because, like, I love open world games, and I, I do enjoy stories, and I think I could get into that combat. I just, I think I just had such unrealistic expectations, kind of like what people have now with, you know, CD Project or well, CD Project Red, Cyberpunk, yeah. Cyberpunk. So, like, yeah, I just. Yeah, it's I I just I don't possibly know how they can live up to that hype. And it's one of those things where also like Cyberpunk is going to be such a different game yes. overall because it's like it's a shooter. Like it's it's just a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. So I like they haven't made that before. You know what I mean? So it's like I feel like I, I in my head I have to give it a bunch of caveats, right? Like they made third person action games before. Yeah. Like that doesn't necessarily translate to like oh genius shooter studio, you know? <laughs> like it could just be like the worst fucking shooting of all time for all I know. I, I have no idea. So I I especially for that game I'm trying to temper my expectations in a way where it's like yes, I know that this studio can build like a solid open world that can get me invested mm-hmm. but uh, especially the gameplay aspect i have to like tell myself like this might not turn out the way that i want or that i enjoy right in a video game because like i normally don't enjoy shooters very much anyway so it's like i don't know yes and have you been to the cyberpunk 2077 steam page recently no i have you know how like steam pages have user tags yeah it has the user tag masterpiece <laughs> i'm not even kidding which you. yeah i and that's no, see no. like that i know that's ridiculous because you, you can't no. it, you can always see like you can see a game and be like oh i think this looks yes. cool uh, declaring that it's a masterpiece before it even came out it, that that seems ludicrous and it's not me. just one person that's however many people are doing that to the point where it is one of like the three or four tags that like a steam page has so like i, I do think that cyberpunk will be good critically acclaimed and i think it'll be a good game and i think that people will really like it but i also think that it is going to have a huge 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 amount of people who just are like like youtubers or something like putting out videos being like this is why i hate cyberpunk or like this is why cyberpunk is disappointing which and i think i think that's just going to be like there's going to be a billion of yeah when you are declaring a game a masterpiece four months before it's released you're setting yourself up for disappointment. That's that's all I'm saying about that. Yeah, that that seems that that seems excessive. <laughs> like I, I think CD Projekt Red is a good studio, and like they have shown that they have the ability to make things that are good. Right. Uh, it's just like yeah, they made two card games based off of The Witcher, and they made three Witcher games, right? And like 
by all accounts, they just signed a new deal with Andre Sapkowski, the author of The Witcher, to make another Witcher mm-hmm. game. <laughs> so, like, it seems like they're just going to go from making Cyberpunk to making another Witcher game. <laughs> right. And I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, th- their development prowess doesn't necessarily translate over to what Cyberpunk is. So I, I am very weary of trying to be like yes it's a masterpiece like am i excited yes do i think it's gonna be good yes Yes. but like i i can't say for sure that i'll think it's the greatest game ever made or anything like i I will probably like it that's as far as i can go i think yeah when i saw the masterpiece tag i was like guys guys that's that's too much You, you can't do that yeah but you know but i'll find that like some websites will allow you to like rate a game before it even releases and stuff and i'm like yeah Yeah. that that shouldn't happen this game should not have a four out of five stars already because this game is not out but i I don't know that's just a weird fan bases type thing Mm mm-hmm but with that i think we're ready to move into the final part which means we are definitely cruising along to have one of the shortest episodes we've ever had. Yeah. I mean, we, it's a lot longer than I had originally anticipated, but I guess that's because we went off on some tangents about Spider-Man two and (laughs) just, uh, Disney car cars, you know, it's very exciting. Which I didn't feel bad doing it knowing that we no, because we were going to have nothing. You know what I mean? Uh, but, I, I split Warner Brothers and Project Red in CD Project Red into two different. I do think they deserve to be two different publishers. Um, yeah. What do you think Warner Brothers grade should be? Uh, I think that they should be a, a C. I'm saying a C. Yeah, I would say a C. I I I would say maybe a D, uh, maybe a D, but I like the NetherRealm games enough that I think it puts. It yeah, in. I like the Nether. I think the NetherRealm games are very good, and like I really like Shadow of Mordor yes. when it came out. And Arkham Knight, um, like I was a little hard on it. I think it's a good game. Yeah, I just think it's also the weakest of the three. Yeah, I think that's definitely, and true. that's kind. Of, I to to me they got weaker each yeah, game. Well, so yeah, that, that was where I was like, Arkham <laughs> Arkham Asylum is like. I I wouldn't even call that a masterpiece, but it is a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as like City gets worse, Origins. I you didn't even play Origins. I played Origins. No, I did not play Origins. I uh, I will say Arkham Knight is better than Origins. Yeah, and I'm gonna let you do C- CD Projekt Red because see, I this one I don't even know because like they, they did they released three games. You know what I mean. More basically one and so like i don't even know that that's like compares to a thing keep in mind their next game's gonna be a masterpiece manny just just keep that in mind (laughs) (laughs) i will keep that in mind but like i feel i feel like it's like weird and to even rate them against pub like real publishers you know what i mean because they they released basically the witcher 3 and then like a card game that's pretty successful that was in the witcher 3 that was in the witcher three right so it, it's it's one of those things where like are are they actually a publisher or are they just a developer are they, they're just an indie they're basically just a, an indie <laughs> pu- studio technically technically yes with triple a funding yeah, with government funding really 
government funding as well. So it's yeah, it's just one of those weird things where like I don't know that you can even rate it against like a real publisher. Yeah. Because they they released one. But thing. I mean, it is one of the best games of the generation. Objectively, one of the best games of the generation. Yeah, but I it just it feels weird to like rate it on this list. I think. I mean, I would whereas I would like give them an A personally, but I don't. So I I would give them an A too, but I just like then how do you compare it to like Bethesda and Bethesda or the other ones because like they released like eight to right. ten games minimum usually, so then it's hard to like rate it against them. Like, would you do I like The Witcher three more than I like Yakuza? Like I maybe, but then. I, yeah, I don't know. It's just such a weird thing to rate it against other publishers with one game, I think. I would say let's not even think that far ahead. Do you think CD Projekt Red had a better generation than Blizzard, who is currently our number 10? Yeah. yeah. So, like, I if I was going to put it somewhere, I would put it at, like, six or seven. Okay, so you do think they belong on this list. In theory, like, I think they did better than Bandai Namco. Okay. Overall. But I, I, I don't know. Like, but then where, where would you put Warner Brothers? Like, that's my Warner question. Warner Brothers I would put list. You don't think no so? No way. <laughs> that's fair. I'm just asking. I mean, we gave it a C. There's <laughs> no way. We did. We did give it a C. I was just asking. I wanted to see where you stood <laughs> on it. I was going to say, I don't think it makes no, the list no. overall. <laughs> yeah. but that's, uh, 900 Lego games doesn't boost I, them up. I mean, I like the Netherrealm games. <laughs> Um, I just like, I would probably put them ahead of Blizzard, but then I'm willing to put CD Projekt Red above Blizzard. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah. I like at Warner Brothers. I just, none of their games. I feel like passionately about, I guess is my thing. Like if you had asked me a couple years ago, I probably would have said, yes, I, I absolutely loved shadow of Mordor. But uh, but I, yeah, six years removed from it. Like, I just don't have that same passion about it. And I and also they just like better open world games have come out since then. You know what I mean? Like, just so many different things have happened since that time. Also, they basically yeah. stopped releasing games after 2015. <laughs> <laughs> to put it, nicely. that is true. Yeah, I mean that is that they is just true. released hey. NetherRealm games and Lego games, <laughs> and they bought NetherRealm from Midway, yes. which I still is like. It still baffles me that like the only Midway studio that made it out and still publishes games is NetherRealm. Somehow hey, they're doing well. They're, they're doing they are, and like I think they make good yeah. products. I just like it. I don't know. Midway owned so many classic arcade properties and so many things, and like the only one that still is relevant is Mortal Kombat. Yeah. So, um, what is next week? Ooh, Xbox. Xbox. And but um. To get back to CD Projekt Red, I'm leaning, yeah. put him at number nine. Okay. But that's just because I like Bethesda. But <laughs> I love this ra- this list with the grades. <laughs> it, I mean, it won't, it doesn't make any no, sense. No, like, that's like, why I, I, I just, it seems so weird that, I, I don't know. Because, yeah, they released yes. one game. Like, is it one of my favorite games of all time? Yes. But, like, I, are they a publisher? Like, is it an actual publisher? Is but, my... like, we have Chucklefish, and all they... Chucklefish is a real publisher? They're a real publisher, but they barely have... They just kind of, like, pick up an indie game after it's already made, basically. 
<laughs> I mean, that's fair as well, but that is what publishers do in well, theory. Like, Whereas like CD Projekt Red is also actually a developer. Yes. I So that's kind of like, that was going to be my one point is like they made one game. So yeah. that's why I would put them below Bethesda. You would put them ahead of Bethesda and Bandai Namco. Correct? If yeah, if I was gonna do that, because like I can't, in good conscience, I couldn't be like, oh yes, it's better than Five Hundred Five, because like Five Hundred Five released a fuckload of games, yeah. and most I I liked a lot of them. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I think yeah. we meet in the middle, and we say they're between Bethesda and Bandai Namco. That's fair. I think that's a fair compromise, right? Yeah. Uh, so that kicks Blizzard off. The this list. list is bizarre. I, I mean, it's a <laughs> dumb list. I'll give you that. It's dumb. Yeah. So, but that kicks uh, Blizzard off. And mm. now CD Projekt Red is now sitting at eighth place, which good for them mm. for basically releasing one game. Yeah. That one I, game pushes yeah. them into eighth place. That's a pretty good, that, that means it's a pretty good game. Yes. Um. So I guess I'll just run down the list. So we have it. Number 10, Chucklefish. Number nine is Bethesda. Mm. Number eight is CD Projekt Red. Number seven is Bandai Namco. Number six is 505 Games. Number five is Sega. Number four is Ubisoft. Number three is Capcom. Number two is Sony. And number one is Nintendo. And next week, as you said, we are talking about Xbox Game Studios. Yes, I I am curious about this because I... I know for sure that they have released way more games than I can think of. Uh, So I am interested to see the list out. Yeah. Like once I see it, I'm curious because I you've definitely played way more of them than I have. Yes. Uh, But the ones that I played, I did like quite a bit. Mm. Yeah, I think I think. With the exception of Crackdown. <laughs> We're not going to disparage Crackdown. It's a great I'm no, not disparaging no, Crackdown. Not. I'm just I'm just saying I <laughs> I didn't particularly enjoy my time that I spent with it for like three, That's four really hours. Weird. Uh, You're like the only person in the world who has that feeling. Man. <laughs> I'm not going to trash all of no, it. Yeah. But no, like, I, I don't know. Like, I Forza Horizon yes. 4 was like dope as hell. Like, it's a great game. I... Yeah, I don't know. Like Ori, Ori is good. Sunset Overdrive. Um, Sunset Overdrive, I liked a lot. I Ki technically, I Ki fucking rules still. Uh, Halo uh, Five is an okay game. Yeah, like I didn't play Halo Five. I didn't Gears play uh, Gears. Uh, I have seen Gears Tactics. Uh, what about Gears um, Pop? What are your thoughts on Gears Pop? <laughs> I sadly don't have any thoughts on uh, Gears Pop. Did not play. I, I did. Uh, I guess like yeah, then like Sea of Thieves. Oh, yeah. uh, Which I guess if you want to get technical, they released that rare collection. The rare and that that's yeah. sick. So that that that's a great collection. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, there's a lot of stuff. Ooh, my cats are fighting. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, I think we're looking at probably a top five, uh, which we can get yeah, into. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, so. Yeah, uh, so we're gonna do that next week, and then the following week we're just gonna both bring three, uh, three yes. more publishers that we haven't talked about, and then that'll mm-hmm. kind of round out every publisher um, that mm-hmm. really seems like worth talking about. 
yeah. and then um, we will, as as I've just dis- we discussed, uh, we'll get into deliberating the top ten games of the generation. And yeah. have you had any chance of looking that over and thinking about it? I have thought about it a mm-hmm. little bit, but we'll see how it pans out. I've been thinking about it, and I have fifteen games written down, or I had fourteen okay. games written down, and I look at it every once in a while, just thinking what I should cut, and then I added another game, so I'm going in the wrong direction, Manny. Okay, good. <laughs> we could just bring 15 uh, games each. That, that could, we could. That would make my job easier, but then we just have to cut more games. That's true. I was going to say that we have to cut more games, so is it is it actually easier, or is it well, harder? Well, it might be easier if you cut my games. Vice versa. <laughs> Vice versa, that's possibly true. You can be like, Matt, um, I know you like Sunset Overdrive, but that is not making <laughs> one of the top ten games. <laughs> that's yeah, that's fair. Um next I bought two games yesterday that are brand new from the year twenty twenty. So I know I will be uh I'll have two games to talk about next week that are new. Nice. Un- unprecedented 2020 action coming next week. Uh, what, did you, what did you pick up? Little spoilers. They're both indie games. Uh, I picked up Signs of the Sojourner, which I don't think I'm going to like, but I want to try. Uh, it is like a card game, but for conversations. Okay. <laughs> uh, and the other one is one that I had had on my indie game list called Half Past Fate, which is like, I can't think of the name of the movie, but it was like the one where a bunch of people like come into contact with like a fly or something and it like alters all of their lives. Okay. Like, do you know what I'm talking no. about? It It's like something happens and then like at the end of the movie, like they were all changed. It's not supernatural right. or anything. It's just like it set in motion, a chain of events. So you like, you play as like eight different people and it just is like, it tells a story of them coming together at the end. Oh, I like guess. Octopath Traveler. Uh, yes, except without the combat and hopefully not as painfully boring. Awesome. So so we'll see. We'll see how those pan out. I hope that I like them, but who knows? Because they're both indie games that I could not find many reviews for. So we'll uh, yeah, that, that that happens sometimes. Yeah, but I, I, I had been looking at Half Past Fate when it was in development, and I was like, oh, this seems like it would be a cool narrative story, so right. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Which I guess that so. new game, Maneater, just came out and... It did about the yes. shark. I don't that one. I'll never forget the E3 yes. PC gamer press conference where she kept talking about that game. Yeah, that one. Like, I'm just kind of like worried that it's going to end up being like the untitled goose game where it's just like this like meme generator thing. Uh, It could be. It's I, did it come out today or yesterday? I know the reviews the last couple days that came out. So. OK, I haven't seen anyone really talking about it in a meme fashion but yeah that, that's kind of my big concern with that game so. yeah all right well i think that's gonna do yeah. it from us here uh as always the theme song is sting operation by the band Anamanaguchi. excellent chiptune band you can check them out and we will be back next week to talk about microsoft game studios peace out <laughs>